Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the host of Work Party, a podcast for ambitious women looking to create and cultivate the career of their dreams. Work Party is paving the way for a new generation of women, women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. Every Wednesday, we bring in leading female powerhouses for real talk and BS-free advice on building your business. You'll hear from female founders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, creatives, and so many other badass ladies. Are you ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Then tune into Work Party, the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show and never miss an episode. I tell people, if you want to buy the fancy supplements and organic foods, that's fine. That's your business. Nothing against whole foods, but not everyone can. So if nourishing your body and being healthy or eating the way that I suggest, you know, as far as adding in more veggies and fruits means canned foods, means frozen foods, you know, that's, that's fine. It's very much individualized nutrition. Hey, everybody, and welcome to RealPod. I'm Victoria Garrick, former D1 athlete and mental health and body image advocate. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you awesome guests, weekly inspiration, and the realest conversations around everything and anything. Now let's get real. Welcome back to RealPod, lovely humans. I hope you're having a fabulous start to your day. I'm so excited that this episode is finally out because I have wanted to bring this topic to the forefront for a while now. While intuitive eating is an incredible practice, I wholeheartedly believe in it and support it, and it has saved my relationship with food and my body. The reality is that intuitive eating isn't necessarily easy and accessible for everyone, right? Like if you're getting a craving for salmon and grilled asparagus and an expensive juice, you might not just be able to snap your fingers and satisfy that craving of this nice fish and these fresh vegetables and that expensive juice. And so in that situation, you know, what do we do? What do we do when we're trying to listen to our body, but we might not have the access, money, or time to feel like we're eating whatever we want, whenever we want? This is such an important topic, and we have the most amazing guest here today to help guide us through it. And her name is Shauna Spence aka The Nutrition Tea on Instagram. You guys, one of my favorite accounts. 
Give it a follow right now at The Nutrition Tea. She's amazing. Shauna is a registered dietitian who counsels on the health at every size belief and also shares the practices of intuitive eating to her audience of over 200,000 people. And overall, Shauna is just anti-diet culture and has such thoughtful, compelling, and eye-opening philosophies around diet culture. Love her. So today, Shauna and I are going to discuss how to intuitively eat on a budget when you don't have that access, money, or time, why expensive food isn't always healthier, and what it means to really accept and be in our own body. Before we get started, quick shout out to Ash. Hi, Ash. How you doing, babe? She left a five-star review that says, this podcast has built up my confidence in my body. I love how Victoria describes everything in such a loving manner, and I love listening to the new podcasts. Aw, Ash, thank you. This makes my heart so warm. I hope you're having a fabulous day, and I'm so grateful that you listen to RealPod. It means the world. And that goes for each and every one of you listening right now. Thank you so, so much for taking the time out of your precious day and spending it here with me. I love hearing from you. If you are interested in leaving a review, you can head over to iTunes and give a rating. It takes just a few seconds, and it really helps out the show. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at RealPod and are subscribed to this podcast wherever you stream so you get that automatic download when we bring you brand new episodes every single Wednesday. Without further ado, let's dive into this episode on the other side of intuitive eating with Shauna Spence. Shauna, thank you so much for taking the time. As I was just kind of telling you before we got started, I'm so grateful you saw my DM because I've been following you for forever. And aside from your expertise in like the anti-diet intuitive eating field, I feel like you also have incredible social media skills. Like I think other than talking about this, you, I mean, you run a great page, girl. Oh, thank you so much. I, I feel like I look at what people, you know, those pages that are like, grow your account, do this. And I do the opposite of what they say to do. Like I never, I feel like, I don't know, like it's kind of like a, yeah, because people are like, post like two to three times a day and I don't do that or like post every day and I don't do that. (laughs) So I appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs) But you know, what's so savage about your page is that whenever you're holding up, I love how you, you hold up your board with like your, your quote, you're always just have the brightest smile. And it's so funny because the quote will be like something like, diet culture is the worst and like it sucks and you're just sitting there with a smile like that gets me every time I know because I'm just like I'm just gonna say this and you know what I'm gonna say it with a smile because I know it's true (laughs) I absolutely love that and actually one of your posts that I tagged this morning because I loved it and I want to dive into this because there's a lot of privilege around body types and food and all that stuff. And so this post from you says, and I know this is probably awkward for you having someone <laughs> post to you. <laughs> um, thinking that you are superior to someone because you choose to eat a certain way that is not accessible to everyone else is not the flex you think it is. Thinking that you are superior to someone because you have no illnesses or conditions or don't take medication is not the flex you think it is. Thinking that you're superior to someone because you have a thin body with visible muzzles is not the flex you think it is. And lastly, thinking that you are entitled to judge someone else on their health and what they look like is not the flex you Mm -hmm. think it is. 
So I'm going to send that alley <laughs> your way to add some color. <laughs> um, that I feel like sometimes my posts just come from rants because I, I like when I see people saying things, I'm just like, who gives you the right to judge someone, you know? And even if you do have a nutrition or health background, and if you don't, it doesn't matter. Like, I just, I feel like judging someone is just not, not only not necessary, it's just, it's wrong. It's condescending. And I see it all the time um, just because we're looking at somebody's body as their business card. I love the quote, bodies aren't business cards. They're not resumes. You know, you don't know what someone is going through. And it's also like, um, who are you to, you know, throw the stone on like this glass house? Sometimes I think, you know, we're weaponizing, you know, for lack of better terms, weaponizing health, meaning if you are not healthy, meaning, you know, some people think that they are superior. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard, well, I don't go to the doctor. I don't take medications and I'm great because I cut out all these foods. I do X, Y, Z. It's like, you know, slow clap. Like, I, I mean, what do you, what do you want? You want a prize, you know, because you weren't born with a certain illness or, you know, a certain condition or something didn't come up in your life. Like, you know, and you, you shouldn't be judging someone. And it, it feels weird that I, I talk like this to adults, like, cause I, I also teach children, um, preschool kids. And this is what we teach them. Like, you know, don't yuck someone else's yum. And I, I have to say this to adults, like, <laughs> so it's so bizarre to me. Well, it just goes to show how brainwashed we've become. And I see it even like, you know, with family, it's, there's just so much judgment on someone's body. It's like you see someone look at someone in a larger body and assume, mm-hmm. oh my God, they let themselves go. Their life must suck. I can't believe it. What about the kids? And it's just like, what about Sally Sue? That's 90 pounds. And like, who knows what's going mm-hmm. on there? <laughs> exactly. And th- and that's the thing too, you know, and I think part of it is also not really accepting body diversity. We, we tend to kind of have defaults um, in this society, like the thin body is the default. And that's not true. You know, like same thing with, you can look at any type of diversity, like Eurocentric features are like the default, like it's not true. And I think that's, that's a main problem too, is that we, we tend to think that someone larger can always just, you know, slim down if they just put in effort, if they just had willpower and we're not accepting that some people are just naturally going to be larger. You know, it's, I mean, there, there have always been, you know, larger bodies in society, in history. It's kind of like a wild thing to me, <laughs> you know, and I think that it, it really would help to teach children younger, you know, like we learn about um, any kind of diversity, you know, as far as like race, gender, sexual orientation. And I think that body size needs to be thrown in there also. That's a big thing. Isn't it heartbreaking though, to think about someone who, let's say there is someone who just isn't their healthiest, but we don't have a way to healthily pursue mm-hmm. weight loss. Exactly. You know, it's kind of like you just say, like, I'm sorry. You know, it's like, what do you say? What do you say to someone, a client that comes to you and like, you can't help them do that. And then one more thing to add in for you to think about. Maybe the answer is like, I believe that intuitive eating will naturally bring you to your man-made shape. I I do, whether that's larger than you want or smaller than you want. I just think like from my own experience, it's brought me to a place where like this is just my body when I'm 
having a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. with food. So don't you think that even though intuitive eating should never be, you know, thought of in line of losing weight, that if we can get everyone to just listen to their body, truly respect their hunger cues and their fullness cues, that they might take a shape that is healthy for them? Totally. We have um, something called uh, like a set point weight, right? We all, um, and like you said, sometimes it's larger than what most people um, want to accept. Sometimes it's smaller. Sometimes they are actually at their set weight. You know, I think intuitive eating is great. Like I'm a, you know, obviously I'm a big fan. I promote it. Um, But even with intuitive eating, there's still factors, you know, like access to food. So when I have, when I personally, right, I can't speak for every dietitian, but personally, when I talk to clients or people in general, one of the first questions is always like, what's your access to food look like? What does your day look like? What medications you are on? Because intuitive eating is great. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes people do confuse it with, I'm just going to listen to my body. And if you have a past with eating disorders, you're not going to really feel your hunger cues. They're not going to be like on point. Also, if you take medications like for like ADHD, and that also kind of messes with their hunger cues. So it's, you know, and I, I think that sometimes it's very confusing for people like that because they're like, well, I, I am waiting to get hungry and, and then it's very confusing and then a binge happens. So, you know, even with intuitive eating, there's so many factors. I think that sometimes it's just really hard for people to accept that they might be larger than they want to be or that society tells them is okay. I try to meet people where they're at because, you know, personally, I tell people if you want to buy the fancy supplements and organic foods, that's that's fine. That's your business. Nothing against whole foods, but not everyone can. So if nourishing your body and being healthy or eating the way um, that I suggest, you know, as far as adding in more veggies and fruits means canned foods, means frozen foods, you know, that's that's fine. It's very much individualized nutrition. Gosh, I have so many thoughts in my mind. Um, and yeah. I think everything that you said was great. And honestly, like, I post about, once again, my personal experience, but I've recently been thinking more about how even though I'm intuitively eating, there's a few factors at play. Like when there's genetics, I have what someone would call a straight-sized body. Like I still, in like a twisted way, I look close to the beauty standard and I'm promoting intuitive eating. And I know people are subconsciously thinking, oh, well, if I intuitively eat, I could look like her. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not at all what I want to promote. But I'm also not going to like hide my body from the world and not talk about what I want to talk about. And then there's also mm-hmm. the, the element of, yes, I have like such an immense privilege and luxury to be making em- enough money in my career where like if I get a craving for something, I can most of the time satisfy that. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the case for the majority of people. And so I think it's great that you brought it up. And I think it's great that people who follow me and listen to the podcast can hear this because it is so important. I'm sort of in the same boat, right? Like I, you know, I definitely have um, like a conventionally <laughs> thin body, right? And it's hard. And I try to, you know, not hide like 
like you said, also, because I think it's important for people to see the person behind the account. But yeah, when people see me, especially with my little letter board, it's like, oh, so she's just another thin dietitian. And I've heard that, like, I've definitely gotten some DMs or comments where it's just like, okay, why am I listening to you? And I get it. You know, some of them could be a little nicer, (laughs) but I've definitely gotten like the brunt of that, which I totally get. So what I like to do is really try to um, do an intersectionality. I'm not saying that word correctly, but definitely trying to correlate like fat liberation. And there are definitely some really great activists out there because I think to really deep dive into, you know, intuitive eating and body acceptance, right? I think it's so important to realize that the reason people honestly just have a hard time accepting a larger body is because society doesn't accept it. You know, we're still trying to fight society because you can look at someone's Instagram and even if they are like a fat activist or a fat uh, liberation activist, you know, they still have to go out into society where there's stigma and bias. And ultimately that's what people don't want. Because if you think about it, if everybody, like everybody, individual body was accepted, you know, there wouldn't be this need to have this pursuit of thinness. Like I'm still navigating it myself is basically what I'm trying to say. But I try to um, definitely give shout outs to, um, you know, the fat activists as, and that's what they call themselves, you know, like fat is not a bad word, (laughs) Um, just to put it out there for those who might not have heard that before. You know, I think it's so important because they are doing really great work just kind of really promoting what should be body positivity, you know, not just like thin people just being like, here's my role, you know. Um, There's so (laughs) so. much to learn there as well. Like I've stopped Mm -hmm. using the body positive term for many months now because I've become very aware from the accounts and the fat activists I follow of how like once again, this movement's been steamrolled by people who are still socially acceptable and who aren't Mm -hmm. oppressed. And so I think that's such an important side of it as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Barabee. Have you guys seen those heavy weighted blankets that people have? I've always wanted one and I finally took the leap and I ordered a chunky knit weighted blanket from Barabee and I'm obsessed with it. Max is obsessed too, but literally we put this huge blanket on us every single night. Barabee is a joyful wellness brand on a mission to create a calmer, more collected world one nap at a time. Their weighted blankets help you drift away naturally. And did you know that weighted blankets have actually been medically proven to help calm anxiety and promote deep restorative rest? So not only are they medically proven, but your girl here with anxiety and with stress has used this blanket and I love it. The Barabee blankets are also naturally weighted with layers of breathable material so you'll stay comfortable all night long, especially during these hot summer nights. And getting hot at night is the worst. Max and I hate it. And these blankets, despite how heavy and chunky they are, are actually so breathable. Like getting hot in them is a non-issue. And also, Barabee's weighted blankets are good for the planet. Barabee weaves sustainability into every part of the supply chain, and these blankets are so natural that they're even biodegradable. These blankets come in a variety of different sizes and colors, ranging from kid blankets to weighted blankets for two, and you can also custom your weight depending on what you're looking for. So if you need something natural to help you sleep better and feel calmer, try one of Barabee's hand-knit weight blankets. Find them on Instagram at mybarabee and visit barabee.com. That's B-E-A-R-A-B-Y.com. 
They offer free shipping and hassle-free returns on all orders within the contiguous U.S. Once again, to check this out, please head to bearbeat.com. If you guys are following the show on Instagram at RealPod, then you would know that we just launched the first ever official RealPod merch. This collection is so cute, so comfy, so perfect for summer. I worked so hard on it. And if you're looking for a way to rep the show, this is the perfect way to do it. Today, I especially want to highlight the Keep It Real shorts. These pink shorts are literally the comfiest thing ever. Like everyone who's gotten them, Olympians, influencers, friends have been like, Vic, these are the comfiest shorts ever. What the heck? And I'm like, yes, I know. I live in them. I sleep in them. And they're pink. I mean, who doesn't need like a pink short? I feel like that's a closet necessity. And they say, keep it real on the pocket. Like how cute. Go get your shorts while you can. Things are selling out fast. The real pod oversized graphic tees already sold out in sizes small, medium, and large. I love you guys so much. So go grab these shorts before it's too late. And of course, you can grab a super cute real pod trucker hat if you want to rep the show everywhere and anywhere. To shop the collection, head to shop.dearmedia.com. That's shop.dearmedia.com. And you can also check it out through the real pod Instagram at RealPod. Let's get back to the show because Sean is dropping some major nutrition tea. For anyone listening who is like raising their hand, yeah, I don't have the access. Yeah, I don't have the ability. Like there's all these obstacles in the way for me to start intuitively eating. Mm -hmm. What are tips, tricks, things they should consider? I loved how you mentioned the frozen food thing. Like let's say someone's trying to listen to their body. They're on a budget. There's one grocery store in the middle of their small town and there's not Mm -hmm. fresh organic vegetables. What's the guiding look like there? I definitely always tell people to buy what you can afford and don't feel guilty about that. As I mentioned, and I I always get comebacks with this, but I'm just going to keep saying it. (laughs) Um, Organic doesn't mean that something's healthier. Organic still has, you know, pesticides and all of these things. and, And it's fine if you want to purchase that, but I keep stressing that not everyone has that accessibility and not everyone has the finance and it's just not necessary. That's why I'm, I'm really big on the frozen too, because a lot of times, you know, even if you're just a busy, hardworking adult, you don't always have time to chop everything yourself to come home after a long day. And I'm a big fan of frozen foods, just having that in the freezer. They're also cheaper. Same thing with canned foods. You know, it's, it's cheaper, it's quick. And um, what I recently began realizing is that for those with disabilities, it's a lot easier for them to have something like that readily accessible in their cabinets or in their freezer or fridge or what have you, because that's also a big barrier is, you know, not being able to prep something because of a certain disability. Like, so I, I always give tips about buying what you can't afford, purchase, you know, produce in season. Um, I'm sure people have heard that it's true. You know, uh, strawberries are definitely going to be more expensive in the winter, but yeah, like there's nothing wrong with coupons. There's nothing wrong with the frozen or the canned foods, buying non-organic foods. It it doesn't make something healthier at all. Those are always my go-to tips. (laughs) Love it. And to go a step further from my own experience, I know that it's not the greatest feeling when I have to eat something. I don't want to eat. And I think there's people in this situation who might have to eat something they don't want to eat. How do you advise they approach that experience from a self-dialogue standpoint, from a guilt standpoint? You know, there's discomfort there. How, How could someone who has to eat something they don't want to eat deal with that? So 
Definitely. I would hope that the person I'm working with or even people looking at social media know that it's like I'm a non judgment, like judgment free zone here. And um, I totally get it. You know, I, um, I once even had a client who she was so embarrassed because she was like in her forties and she's like, I don't like vegetables. And I know that I need to eat them because I don't feel so great. You know? And I said, that's, you know, no judgments here. Right. We also have different tastes as far as uh, different categories of tastes, right? Sometimes we eat something because let's say your roommate made cake and wants you to taste test it, right? You're not hungry, but you taste a little bit. It might be a little discomfort because you're like, I'm not hungry, but I don't want to hurt her feelings and the cake does look good. So we have those types of tastes, right? We also can say, you know, let's say that you are on medication where you're not feeling hungry. It's, it's sort of like force feeding yourself, which is not comfortable. If you don't feel your hunger cues, but you haven't eaten in five hours, you need something and it's not going to feel the greatest. There's different ways to nourish yourself. You know, you have to find the best way. You know, sometimes it's not just sitting down and eating like a, a whole meal, right? I always recommend, in this case, smoothies, yogurt. It might be, you know, the scary word these days is processed. Um, <laughs> picking up a shake, you know, um, just to get in some calories. You know, calories aren't scary. They're providing our body with energy. And believe it or not, we need energy. And, you know, if you have to get like one of those shakes, that's that's fine. There's It's just about really finding what works for you individually. The medicine thing reminds me of my little brother growing up would be on medicine for ADHD and he would just never be hungry. Yeah. And it was like sad for my mom to just watch him not want to eat mm -hmm. food. And it wasn't like he was thinking about it. He just forgot right. to eat because he was a guy and he was hungry. <laughs> yeah. um, and so that's like another element of this is people who are in medicine for whether it's depression, anxiety, bipolar, you know, what ADHD and really messes with their system and those cues. Mm -hmm. Definitely. With intuitive eating, again, like I'm, I'm a fan, you know, I always promote it, but there's definitely some factors that people need to think about. And, you know, I'm not a fan. I, I don't think that counting calories is good for anybody, but sometimes I will shock someone and say, you know what, maybe you need to set an alarm on your phone to remind you to eat. Um, you know, and they're just like, you know, oh my gosh. And it, it sounds scary, but like I said, nourishment and finding ways that work for each person is very individual. So while I wouldn't give that recommendation to someone else, but for someone who is taking medication, who can't figure out if they're hungry or not, I would say, you know, what, let's put a reminder on your phone to eat. You know, Something that I'm putting together as I have this conversation with you and also think about intuitive eating in general is it takes, whether it's someone who has the privilege and the accessibility or someone who doesn't, there is a common thread. And that common thread is wanting to do lots of work, like wanting mm -hmm. to think about how it's going to work for you, how you can approach something. Like there's a lot of mental energy, self-talk, like there's a lot going on. And I think that's also important to note because sometimes intuitive eating can be phrased as like, oh, hey, we're just getting rid of all of the muck on top and you're just naturally mm -hmm. going to know. And it's like, no, yeah. it's going to take a lot of time and talk. And I always do these TikToks where I do like intuitive eating and it's literally 60 mm -hmm. seconds. It's a minute long, but it's a whole process. I'm like, okay, I got hungry. I'm looking at the fridge. And some people comment and they're like, 
you know, this sounds crazy and obsessive. And I'm like, it's not, I'm like, one, I actually enjoy the process. Like this is a TikTok, Mm -hmm. but yeah, you know (laughs) what? Like being, finding food freedom doesn't mean you're never thinking about food again. In fact, I'm already sitting here in the back of my mind thinking about what I'm going to do for lunch. And it's in a perfectly Mm -hmm. healthy way. But wouldn't you say that it takes like a drive? It takes kind of some ambition. Oh, totally. It's, and that's, and that's the thing. It's not easy. Like definitely a Pinterest quote here, right? It's like progress over perfection, right? There's no such thing as perfect. And it's like intuitive eating. People just assume, okay, I'm ready for food freedom. I'm ready to do this. You know, I have all the access and the financial, you know, situations under control and I'm ready to start this. And they think it's going to be this linear situation. And most of the time, honestly, it's like this zigzag. And I think people also get frustrated with that fact because they expect perfection. They expect things to happen right away. Um, I think also we're just like a culture of things, you know, having immediate results, I, I guess you can say. And, you know, with intuitive eating, it's not immediate because what happens is you're on this path of eating or trying to find what works for you, but you're still having all of these outside factors tell you not to do something. Every week, there's a new fad diet out there. You know, you also hang out with your friends or family. They're talking about what they're doing or restriction. You're seeing a celebrity who's doing a juice cleanse and you're like, oh my gosh, a new book is coming out, all of these things. So it's, it's very hard. And so it's, it's not going to be this linear path. But I think it's that exhausting. it's exhausting. Just it's so exhausting. Hearing you rally off all those <laughs> things that are so true. Like even if someone buys a journal and is like, I'm going to really listen to my body. Yeah. I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to buy the canned food for when I'm hungry. It's like, then you come home and your parents are like, you look like you gain weight. It's yeah, like, exactly. It's just, you can never, it's so much mental energy. And it does take a lot of self-assuredness of like, look, Maybe I've been through hell. Maybe I haven't, but I've decided this is best for me. Mm-hmm. And regardless of what my friend or teammate puts on their plate, regardless of what my family says to me, regardless of what the social media says to me, I'm going to trust that I'm doing what's best for me. Right. <laughs> Got to put the blinders on, baby. <laughs> it's, it's hard, people. It's really hard. And I just have to point out, like even dietitians, I'm talking about dietitians, those of us in the anti-diet, non-diet approach, you know, even we have our days, like it is an aha moment, but it, like I said, perfection doesn't exist. Right. So just putting that out there too. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a long, it's, it's a lifelong thing, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's so important for anyone as well in eating disorder recovery is I, and I've actually never said this on the podcast, but I don't necessarily feel aligned with the term recovery Mm. just because personally it makes me, it it makes me think of like a streak of, of goodness, of perfection. And then it's like, people use the term relapse, which is like a negative connotation. I'm just kind of like, look, I have a healthy relationship with food. And I think in that means, yeah, I'm going to have bad days or something's going to come up, but like, that's part of life. There's no aspect of our life where we're like going to always be perfect. And I know that that, that terminology works for some people and they like it very well. And like, I'll use it here and there, but I think in my heart of hearts, I'm like, you need to fully accept perfect doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And then you can really pursue the progress. But this expectation that I'm never going to do this old habit again, you're probably going to do it 
sometime in your life, or you're going to have thoughts about doing it a lot because you're a human. <laughs> exactly. And that, and that's what I try to emphasize too. Like we're human, we're not robots, you know, like also eating varies day to day. You're not going to always um, eat the same thing. You're not always going to feel like eating the same thing. And it's just like perfection, just the word, you know, I'm not a fan of in any kind of um, connotation. Like I, I just feel like it doesn't exist. You know, we're, we're trying to hold ourselves to these standards and they don't exist. <laughs> Perfection doesn't exist. I a hundred percent agree. And so to end here on a note of, I want to address those people who don't have the access, okay. don't have the ability, you know, aren't the ones who have this easy road to intuitive eating because I feel like they don't get a lot of love mm-hmm. on my accounts and podcasts because I'm speaking from a place of privilege. So if we're ending kind of with with a message to them, what are some of the first tips you'd give for them to pursue intuitive eating, knowing there's some circumstances that are just going to be there in their life? Yeah. And definitely, I think, you know, a big part of it is not to feel guilty which again is going to be hard to, you know, because of the messages that we're always uh, surrounded with. I know it's easier said than done, but we shouldn't feel guilty. You know, everyone, I always say like, we we're like all in this storm, right? And some of us have yachts, some of us have canoes, some of us have like, I don't know, a raft. And that just means that we have to weather it differently. And if you are finding what works for you, if you are finding that, you know what, I'm able to eat, I'm able to get energy with something that maybe came from a shelf or something that, you know, came from pantry, that is fine. I, I just can't emphasize that enough that I, and I, I know with all the, the language out there with like processed foods being scary and all of these things, it's, it's very hard to tune out, but I just really want to emphasize to people, if there's one hill I'm going to die on, it's that like, it's okay. Like processed food shouldn't be scary. It's meant to feed more people. That's the point. And I just, I just want people to know that, like find a way that nourishes you individually and that works for you individually. There's no wrong way. You know, if you're finding that it works, that does not mean it's wrong. And to add some color there because sometimes people, you know, they just like, sometimes the anti people are like, Oh, so she's saying I should eat McDonald's for dinner my whole life. It's like, <laughs> no people. I know there's someone thinking that right now. Listen to the podcast. This is for you. Um, if someone really did that, they probably wouldn't feel their best. Exactly. And Sean is saying you want to feel your best. So if that means you have McDonald's and you feel good, and then you have your frozen meal from Ralph's and then you have the apple, whatever, yeah. but you know, you. just to not feel guilt in the choices you're making. There's, yeah. Cause I know that there's someone out there. Oh my God. I wish that you could like say that in like all my posts, like, okay, this is what she means. <laughs> no, always- literally like it's just crazy, but you always have to throw in the, always. you know, the clarification. Always. And I'm just like, why? Like, you know, and it's so funny because, um, just to end, you know, like the all foods fit, I feel like people are just like, oh my God, you're telling people just to eat McDonald's or like, cookies and cakes. I'm like, hi, all, all foods, like all, like, <laughs> let's like, you know, all <laughs> let's review that word. <laughs> uh, oh, I love that. I think, that's, I think that is such an important tip as well is like, Hey, if you're feeling satisfied and energized from a food that I don't know, the vegan influencer is not posting, that's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. 
So that's that's the point that I'm trying to make here. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been such an important conversation. I'm so glad that you took the time to sit down and share. So thank you so much. I'm so excited to be kind of bringing more light to this side of intuitive eating and this side of finding a healthy relationship with food. That's honestly the reality Mm -hmm. for the majority of people. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I, you know, it's, it's always good to kind of um, explain things in more detail. So thank you for giving me the opportunity (laughs) to. Of course. I appreciate it. Big fan. Can't wait to see your next savage pose with a big smile. (laughs) It's coming. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Real Pod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of Real Pod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week, seeing behind-the-scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real.